This is episode 33 of a podcast without a name. You know, you know, it's funny right off the bat, Anthony goes, this is going to be a good one. And I was like waiting for this like spectacular intro that he was going to come up with. And it was just, this is episode 33. You didn't even say the name of the podcast. Did you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably the most lame intro. Wait, what did I say? You said, I think you just said this is this is episode thirty-three. And I don't know. What do you? I thought he said on the podcast. Did he? Yeah, I maybe know. I just completed yeah, I, that. He, my brain. I guess we'll find out a little oh, later on God. when I you know, when when I when I was when I said it was going to be the best one ever I was being sarcastic about our technical difficulties oh, oh, oh. I, I was like man no, he's got something up his sleeves I can't stop <laughs> anyway this is episode 33 of the podcast without a name it's been like 7 months but we are alive we are well we, rich has another child anthony's got a new computer and I got some new shoes. I don't know. <laughs> we, and we're but, still talking about Mueller. <laughs> Mueller or Mueller. 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 Anyway, so let's start with what we're drinking. Uh, Anthony's got, here's his trick. His, his trick up his sleeve is he's not drinking what he new, normally drinks. What are you drinking tonight, Anthony? Today, I am enjoying a Golden Road Brewing Company Wolf Pup Session IPA. Los Angeles, California. That's exciting. Richard, are you drinking anything this evening? Uh, no, I didn't have any time to go out and get anything. Oh, see. <laughs> because you decided to go on and have another child. <laughs> this is Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it to you, that'll man. God bless your soul. A little time vampire. I'm, congratulations. Yeah, Bye, Richie. Yeah, let's give him a congratulations. Thank you. Pretty good at having unprotected sex. I feel like this, <laughs> I feel like this sound goes well with this. Congratulations, Rich. Congratulations on having another child. You should bring him to Area 51. <laughs> anyway, so... He's an alien baby, so... Uh, well, all babies look like aliens. Let's be real. We're, we're old men. Yeah. I'm drinking a dogfish head, slightly mighty, low-cal IPA, by the way. Low-cal? Low-cal. This is part of my diet. Is that local or low cal? No, no, low cal. It's like uh, they're light. It's a light Lower IPA. Yeah. yeah, light, light, low cal, light. It's 90, 95 calories. Nice. Three point six it? carbs. It's, it's actually it, really uh, good. It's only four percent alcohol, though. That's the problem. Yeah, but I, some good IPAs are actually lower. Yeah. Alcohol percentage, except for like those sixty minute, ninety minute ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, I. I have to start a diet. I'm getting old and I'm gaining weight. So I'm on like a half diet. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's true. You can't see me in the video because you're the only one in video. But um, yeah, I mean, I just have to do something. So I, I'm drinking like beers again and I'm not eating junk at work. Uh, but, you know, that's I'm running a little bit here and there. That's good. Health is good. Health yeah, of the heart. Well, I'm trying not to not to die too young. Well, you know, who knows? Maybe it's in my cards. Um, Maybe I live forever. Maybe I die in the next 15 minutes. Hopefully not. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that would really ruin my whole death pole thing. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Don't go doing a Bud Dwyer on us, man. Oh, no. 
anyway. Oh my. So anyway, here we are, uh, seventy five hundred uh, years later from the last podcast, and Mueller, Mueller, whichever way you like to say it, has testified on uh, the Hill today, and it was pretty much a big nothing burger. I have to admit, I have not watched it fully. I've probably caught a few minutes of it here and there. I've read some headlines and the takeaway is everyone is kind of where they were before, I feel like. And, you know, I never really thought anything more would come of it, especially because um, he, you know, pretty much said, I'm not going to talk about anything else that, that I've already wrote or sent to people. So I think it wasn't anything compelling. I think that I'm sure I think both sides and I'm sure both sides got some sort of talking points from this or some sort of headline to post on whatever you know, website or, you know, newspaper has their headline. Like well, it's Fox news has their headline. CNN has their headline. Washington post has their headline. Is there even a conservative newspaper? I don't even know. Washington examiner. Maybe is that a newspaper? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, uh, just a few things I figured we were worth touching on, uh, since we haven't talked in a while, I know this was a topic that we were kind of avoiding for a little while because we were just kind of avoiding Trump for a while in general, outside of like little comments here and there. But let's just let's wrap this up because I feel like th- today was like a big day for the Dems. They were really waiting for this moment. They really wanted Mueller to come on and just say what he wrote. And they thought if they people heard it from his mouth, that it would mean something more to people. And I think with that was very short-sighted because I think everyone who believes something in this has already made their decision and will continue to believe what they believed before, regardless of who says what, right? It doesn't matter whose mouth it's coming out of. Uh, No one trusts anyone and they've already dug into, I'm done with this. And unfortunately for the Democrats, I think most people are just sick of it, right? They're just done with it. They heard there was no collusion. And they don't care about the obstruction piece. No one cares about the obstruction piece. And it's, it's, it's proof. It's the proof is not just in this event too, right? Like, okay, Trump may or may not have obstructed justice. No one cares and no one's going to bring him to hold accountable if he did because he's rich, famous. He's a president, right? We saw the same thing with Hillary Clinton. She's paying people to destroy servers She's rich, famous. No one cares if she obstructed justice. So this is just the status quo for politics in America. If you're, if you have money, you have power, you have a different set of rules and laws to live by and it doesn't matter. So that's just a given. So let's, we could just get past that, right? Who cares? Right? So we could just talk about now why the switch from collusion to obstruction, right? Clearly collusion didn't happen. Mueller is pretty clear about that. That's not even a gray area in all of this. Now it's obstruction, obstruction, obstruction. Is this, is this even legitimate? Like, why are we talking about obstruction? Well, you know, it is funny because what ends up happening here is you have the, the, really the entire left, not just the far left, trying to find something to pin him for, right? And we all know that there's obvious reasons to dislike the guy. Um, But what I've noticed is 
they want to bring him down. They want to bring him down hard impeachment, you know, everything else, but they don't really have anything really solid to go by. So they just keep grabbing something, you know, and they'll, 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 you know, right now it was collusion and that was something that they could really hold on to and grasp. And because that didn't really go through or go well now it's almost like well what else is there uh uh there had to be obstruction that's what it is you know let's go with obstruction and and if if that's somehow you know proven wrong which i don't see how you would um they'll, they'll come up with something else you know or it always goes back to he's a racist or he's a misogynist or something like that so there's always something that they're going to grasp at i think i mean it, it is actually kind of humorous half of the time uh- I think, I mean, it's true. It's like collusion was, um, you know, you could argue or come up with some sort of cases to whether the collusion question was legitimate, like the Steele dossier and all that type of stuff, whatever. Who cares, right? Um, I think rightfully so, uh, you know, conservatives were saying this is all just a, some BS. Like it's just political attempt to take down the president that no one was happy that he was elected. So they went with the collusion piece on very flimsy evidence, if you could even call it that. And, and that, you know, someone, a trusted individual Mueller says, no, that didn't happen. And then, so you're right. Well, well, what's next? Well, we got to get him on something. So it's obstruction like, Oh, you know, he didn't commit collusion, but he tried to, to obstruct the justice to get in this matter. And it's like, there, there is a legitimate case to be made. Now, the letter of the law says you don't actually have to succeed in obstructing the justice or there doesn't have to be a crime that you're trying to cover up in order to be found guilty of obstructing justice, right? Like nothing could, so you could have done nothing, but then you could have actually acted to obstruct justice for fact finding in that. And then you could still be found guilty, right? Um, but there is a legitimate case, at least in a public uh, sphere of, of, if there was no collusion to begin with, then 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 he can't obstruct it, right? Like the letter of the law would say, no, no, well, but you can, and I, it's true. But in reality, in the, in the public ear, they're just yeah. But it was about collusion, wasn't it? It's, there's no collusion. We're done. We're done here. Let's move on. And then it's just now it's obstruction obstruction blah blah like you could just essentially well, yeah. and, and it, yeah. it just you know like i said it's it's just like he's the bad man bad man bad man and here's why oh that wasn't why well well here's why and there, there's all these other reasons why he's just the bad guy just we don't like him you know and, and it goes back to like previous conversations that we've had i actually had this conversation with somebody um two days ago who's a hardcore like hard left he you know, he was kind of talking about all the, you know, obvious uh, moral, you know, lows that that Trump goes to and, and whatnot. And, you know, and I kind of said, like, look, a lot of people he, oh, he, he kind of started the thing off with. I don't understand how people could vote for this guy. Like they must be awful human beings. I'm like, well, not everybody votes for a president based on their moral capacity, you know what I mean? Like, or, or, or their, you know, genuine character. I mean, most of them are, they're all politicians. They're all scumbags. You know what I mean? So like, you know, I was telling them, I'm like, look, you're voting based on purely character. Real real quick. Yes. When you said genuine, did anything pop in anyone's head? Was I the only one that had something pop in their head when you said that word? No. Ride it, my pony. Uh, <laughs> I just, I yeah. just, 
I just wondered if it popped in anyone else's head too when you said no, genuine. No, no genuine. Okay, well, go on. I, 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 sorry, I detoured you from your. Uh, no, no, it was well. a good detour. It's fine. So you know, my my point is like, you know, he's basing everything on you know people should be voting based on the character. You know what I mean? Uh, Obama had very good character. He was a good public speaker and he was a likable guy. Therefore, he's a better better president than the guy that's a meanie face nine. you know what I mean? like that's, that's kind of like what i'm what i'm what i'm seeing and it's kind of like you know a, a realization that we've had for a while but it's really becoming apparent now that every straw that they grasp at is kind of coming up empty um you know with nothing on the other end as they try to take him down and now it's just kind of down to like look he's a bad guy he shouldn't be a president you know what i mean and and that's not what a lot of people vote on you know what i mean so i think people need to realize that we don't vote not everybody votes on just how nice of a guy the person is that they're voting on what he's actually going to do for the country yeah, yeah you know what i mean rich so yeah tell me what you think about this right um no collusion i mean this is what it is right but let's say yeah. for a fact there was material evidence or let's just say it's a given that he obstructed justice. Do you think that that should take him down impeachable or, or he gets prosecuted after he's out of office or something? Do you think solely on obstruction, that's what should take him down? I don't think so. I mean, uh, there is clearly no crime that was committed. I mean, at least, uh, you know, how many investigations was there, was there done Two investigations in his 30 million dollars worth? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, nothing was found. I mean, I, and was he the one that was obstructing anything or was it like his team of lawyers that were, so the claim is that his team he's instructing them, you know, no, they're the, probably instructing him. The claim was that he, his, his team actually protected him. Right. So, uh, supposedly he had made requests and his team denied them. Like he, so it sounded like to me, he was like, spitballing ideas or like he's frustrated like he's so so he's been having trouble dealing with that transition from the private sector to the public sector right he he likes to walk in a room and have a command have control of every situation and when you're in the private sector when you're holding a public office whether it's the presidency or anything else you're not in control of anything you have to appease your constituents you have to work with other politicians to get things done and i think he's having problems with that so what happens is I, I think he gets in his room in a room with his advisors and his lawyers and he he's reverting to this if I have a problem I just get rid of it kind of attitude right and unfortunately you just can't do that and especially when you're talking about matters of legalities and stuff like that um, in this such a high profile situation if you're going to try to just kill something by just getting rid of it, it's going to look like obstruction. So what happened with him was he was, he was talking to his lawyers and, and Mueller in his investigations interviewed them and, and they were truthful and, and they, they pretty much told him like, he asked me to essentially fire or I should asked if we should fire these people. He had made all these requests that if his people would have followed through with it probably would have cross that threshold into obstruction but his people around him were like no that's not a good idea we shouldn't do that so they didn't do it right they, they told him things were silly and things like that so they never executed so uh, essentially what what 
Mueller was investigating was, and what's surprising that he was able to actually get that information because the president, especially because he was talking with lawyers, could have pulled uh, executive privilege and employer or uh, attorney client privilege. But he never held that stuff back. He could have held that testimony with Mueller without obstructing justice at all within his constitutional right. But he let them interview and let them speak about conversations that would have been considered private. And what's funny is with a a private citizen like Rich or Anthony, if you're talking with your lawyer, anything you say with your lawyers cannot be used in a trial or anything. It's, It's privileged information. It's just it's protected. So. It actually kind of speaks to a little bit of, um, you know, people are going to look at this as um, some sort of Trump uh, apologizer or something. But I think it speaks a little bit to him actually cooperating, surprisingly, um, by letting these people who he could easily have pulled executive privilege at minimum um, or or attorney-client privilege. Um, But they still talked and they found out that he was actually trying to do things but they never executed um, one way or another. So it's almost like they're, so the Democrats argument is that he was trying really hard. His people didn't let him do it. Therefore that's obstruction. So now that's more of a gray area, right? Like it's not a gray area that if there wasn't a crime committed, can you still obstruct justice for a crime that never committed? That's not a gray area. Technically you can. Yes. But if he talks to his people and essentially says, like pretty much gives them some sort of not, not even an order, but at least says he would like them to do something and they refuse to do it. And if that something is illegal because it's obstruction, but they don't do it, is it actually obstruction? So that's, that to me is a pretty, pretty gray area that I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, that's uh that's what lawyers are there for. I mean, I could, be uh, being defended by people and say, oh, well, why don't you say this or do that? And I mean, that's why I have attorneys in the first place. You know, they let me, they, that's their job to navigate you through the legal system. He could tell them to do all sorts of things, but if they sit them down and say, listen, you know, you do this, that's breaking the law. We can't do that. Oh, okay. Then, you know, what he may want, what he may have wanted to do may not have been ethical or legal, but you know, that's like I said, that's why he has all these people around him to guide him through the legal system, because it's not I mean, ideally, you'd want a president to know the law of the land, but it's written in such an obfuscating way. And there's just so much of it to know that uh, I really wouldn't expect any well, one person you know what? Let, let you know, this, to, to know everything. Let this be a lesson to people of the 16 people that listen to this. Don't volunteer privileged conversations to investigators, right? Like if you talk to a lawyer and someone goes, Hey, can we talk to your lawyer about you talk to him about? No, you say no, because that's, you're absolutely right. You use a lawyer to figure out what the legalities are. What like you, you say, why don't we do this? And a lawyer is supposed to go, no, you cannot do that. Why can't you do that? Because I studied law. And the law says you cannot do that. (laughs) (laughs) You studied real estate, you know, like it's so, I mean, that's a really good point though, Rich. Like, and it's, it's a nuanced point that I don't think I've heard out there. Like, yes, these, his advisors are advisors, whether they're lawyers or not, they're advisors for a reason. And he sure he has crazy ideas, but you know what? Everyone's got crazy ideas and should he know better? Maybe, but the idea is that he, he was going to his counsel, whether it's a legal counsel as a lawyer or just an advisor, 
to figure out what to do. And, you know, we know this in many other situations. He's not one to kind of hold back an idea, I guess you could say. Not one to, to kind of like, you know, he goes for the right for the gut, like, you know, send her home, you know, that type of stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is really I think it's it's really desperate. And and this is maybe this is a good way of like transitioning into the, you know, how does this play into election 2020? Right. Like, is it smart? Would this be smart to grasp onto if you're running as a Democrat in a primary? Well, well, first of all, I just mean this this didn't change anything. Nothing new was discovered. You know, nothing new came out. It was all pretty much what everybody already knew in the media. And I think that the thing with the left or the Democratic Party uh, in this whole thing is they, they have like uh, two ways that they can go. Either Trump is a stupid buffoon who has no business running the country, or he's so brilliant and cunning that he was able to outsmart the FBI to, to collude with the Russians. You know what I mean? It, it's it just, they, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I think that's kind of what they're, they're trying to do. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, I think they're, they're, handle should be more of he's in a yeah he he can't run the country you know well being such a moron basically you know what i mean like he should know the law he should you know know a lot more about the political system than than he does being the president of the united states you know and and i i feel like they're just kind of beating on a dead horse at this point. It's not gaining any new ears, you know, in terms of for, you know, the election in 2020, I don't think they're really gaining any, you know, headway with, with retaining more votes for the Democrats. You know, I I feel like whoever is going to vote for Trump isn't going to just kind of turn and be like, Oh yeah. Oh, obstruction. We didn't think about that. You know, let's, (laughs) let's, let's go. Let's yeah, you're right. You know what? I'm going to change my mind. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's happening. So at this point it's, are, are they, are they just talking to their fellow Democrats again, who are going to vote, you know, for their party line anyway, you know, where like, I, I feel, I can't help but feel that they haven't really learned their lesson with the last election, you know, which is, you know, you, you got to try to get the votes for the people that are kind of in between. And I don't think they're really doing a, a good job of that yet at all with whether they're trying to smear Trump's name or not. You know, I don't think you're, you're, you're doing much to get those people that are kind of on the fence either way. And that's what they, that's what they screwed up on on the first time, you know? So, I mean, it really, you know, and, and who is the, the most palatable candidate that they're going to come up with that's probably going to be able to beat, Trump. You know what I mean? Where where does where is that at? Um that's really what what it's going to come down to is can they get somebody that's likable and not just going to, you know, pander to the Democrats that are already going to vote Democrat regardless. You know, because that's what Hillary did, right? Hillary was just kind of going on and on about all this stuff, you know, that she needed to to keep her Democrat votes, you know, and that it, that did nothing for the swing voters. Well, you know, it's a uh, man, this whole election uh, cycle, I got so much to say on this and to be honest with you, I could probably make that a full three episodes, but I mean, <laughs> it's, ins- it, it's, it's crazy. Just first off, there's 24 Dems running one, when one dropped out, one entered in again, like it was, uh, it's, there's no end in sight right now for what, the, what's going to happen. What's going to shake out the top five, I think is Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Um, it might actually just drop off. Oh, Bernie Sanders. And then it, I think it drops off after that. So not even top five, like top four. 
Um, and yeah, it's like it, you do, do. I don't know if you guys noticed though, but not many of them are really stumping the impeachment Trump thing, right? And I think that's smart. Uh, I mean, as much as their base wants to hear that, they're running for an election. They're not running for an impeachment, right? Like they got to be focused on an election. So I think that's smart. Um, uh, I think that's the one thing that they're doing right right now. Um, and I think, you know, j- like Joe Biden, not, you know, he's probably the most palatable on uh, the national stage and not just because his first name's Joe, um, but because uh, he, because of his success with uh, uh, Barack Obama, right? Like it was a very popular campaign. It was a very popular presidency. Um, you know, you know, probably will be considered our last like uh, really stately like president, to be honest with you. Um, so there's a lot of like positive thoughts of Joe Biden on a national level. He just represents a very. Uh, I, th- I yeah. think what Biden does is he, he provides a little bit of like a normalcy to, you know, the chaos, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, like you look at Biden and it's kind of like, OK, you know, especially because he was somebody familiar um, you know, from the Obama administration. You know what I mean? He he's somebody that is just, you know, I don't, I don't want to say your average Joe, but in terms of politicians, you know, he was kind of just that normal, you know, not crazy either way. There was nothing, you know, I don't know, like over the top about him. He was just normal. And I wonder if there are Americans um, who, you know, we're going to go out to vote that are kind of hoping for normalcy. You know, I, I mean, I know on, on one hand, you know, when it comes to Trump, um, there's a part of me that doesn't want him to get reelected for the sole reason of I'm tired of hearing about all the, all the drama, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, I wonder how many other people are going to vote based on something like that. You know, I think, uh, well, I mean, to kind of touch on a couple different points. So the first thing is about Biden with the success of Obama with that, I would say uh, from what I remember towards the end of his presidency, um, I don't think his approval rating was like off the charts or anything like that. Um, I mean, he was a popular president and that he was well liked, but I don't, I don't remember him polling at some ridiculous approval rating. Um, because he kind of campaigned as being an outsider and hope and change and all this. And the people that voted for him for that reason really didn't get it. And I think that's why you saw people that voted for him twice turn around and vote for Donald Trump because they wanted an outsider who would come in and shake things up. So I think a lot of the wanting for the success of the Obama administration is kind of like nostalgia. It's like when you say like, uh, oh my God, they're playing the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoons on Netflix. And you go and you watch and, and you're like, oh, this animation is shitty. The cartoons really aren't that funny. Everything's about pizza. It's more about like nostalgia. You know what I mean? And then uh, the other part of it is uh, um, as far as what people are looking for in the election. Uh, it's Trump was smart in that uh, I think he's turning it into a battle of like ideologies instead of a battle of policies. Because the ideological battle, he's definitely going to come out on top because really – He's focusing on like these small groups of people um, either that are running against him for president or that are in Congress that are saying some like, you know, anti-Semitic things, anti-American things, pro-communist, socialist sort of things. And he's focusing on that going like, look, this is the future of America. 
you know, these are the people that are that are going to be the future, the face of the, of the Democratic Party. Is this really what you want representing you? You know, uh, and he has like the booming economy and all this other thing, other, other stuff going on for him. So I think come election time, it's going to be really hard for the de- Democrats to beat him. I don't think anybody at the top is really that palatable. Biden's a career politician. There's people have shown the last two elections that they don't want that. Kamala Harris has been caught lying. She has that whole scandal behind her getting to the top of like sleeping with people. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has the whole Pocahontas thing. And she actually is one that's come out and talked about impeaching uh, Trump. She She said that a couple of times. And you're talking about gay reparations, black reparations, like nothing that speaks to your average Joe Schmo, American voter. Listen, listen, Joe Schmoes can be very smart sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, here, here's the other thing, too. Like, just touching on your on your point about the policies and, you know, one thing that that presidents won't do or won't do systematically, I guess, during campaigns is try to win based on policies. Like, I don't see that at all. Uh, like, except for like really crazy off the wall things like, uh, you know, if you vote for me, I'm going to cure cancer, you know, or things like what? that. You know what I mean? Like, like other, other, other than, well, yeah, if you vote for me, I will do it. And I should be your next president, basically. No, uh, yeah, but you know, like, so like, things like that like as far as policies go i feel like you know the the people that are in tune with policies that come from the right or or policies that come from the left they're going to vote for those sides those party lines regardless i feel like there's a small amount of voters that actually listen to what's going on in the in a, in in the uh, campaigns when it comes to policy and then there's just a large amount of voters that are looking at you know what what is he saying that I like? You know, I don't know why I just like the guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know that that's kind of you know whether it's Obama and he's uh, you know well spoken, or whether it's Trump because he tells it like it is, or whether it's you know Biden because he provides some normalcy. You know, it's it's all these these intangible and really unimportant things that people seem to gravitate to when they go to the polls. And I just don't really see that changing, you know, coming up on the next one. So it's, you know, you could already see it, Bernie Sanders, I'm going to cancel all student loan debt. And, you know, like they're, they're coming up with all these, it's almost like, I feel like they're, they're running for student council, you know, like, (laughs) like, you know, they're like, I'm going to, yeah, free pizza. And I'm going to stop all detentions. If you (laughs) you you vote for me, like, I feel like that's where they're, going with their campaigns now and i don't know it's going to be interesting to see when it actually comes to you know actual campaigning but it 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 seems very bizarre to me you know and i I think trump's just going to stay the course with what he's been doing because it's been working so these are some really good points guys between the two of you and, and it's a lot to unpack but i think um yeah, I think Joe Biden is the most palatable on the national stage i don't think he's he's gonna have a hell of a time getting out of primaries and I don't know. I don't think he's going to get out of the primary. I just don't think he, he is. And you know what? Uh, it's really interesting to me is how Bernie Sanders is is shaking out so far. Um, you would think that after the the last go that he would be the front runner, right? Even with Biden in the mix, uh, just because it was kind of common knowledge that he got screwed. So naturally, you would think, okay, here's his chance. Here's a shot. Uh, Hillary's not in there, right? But what this really shows to us is that how bad of a candidate Hillary was, right? The only reason why Joe Biden, not Joe Biden, I'm sorry. The only reason why Bernie Sanders was popular 
was because he was running against Hillary Clinton, right? The only reason why Donald yeah. Trump probably won was because he was running against Hillary Clinton. So it's a whole other ball game now that Hillary Clinton's not in there. She was like a vacuum that just sucked the air out of the room. And it made anyone look palatable. Yeah, it's it's a whole other ball game as long as the, the Democratic nominee actually steps up and does what they need to do to beat Trump. You know, and, and that's that's so, you know, you basically we gave Trump four years of basically taking his following and making a cult following out of it. You know what I mean? And and every time they try to pin him to the wall for impeachment with something, I feel like his following gets it's even possible. Stronger. I, I could personally think that we got four years of not Hillary. That, that that's what we got yeah. and and you're right there is a there is a certain level of cult following and you're also right to a point you made earlier about it's it's you got a group of voters that are going to vote one way you got a group of voters that are going to vote another way and in a primary election these candidates have to think about how do i get out of a primary so you see this race to the hard left and we, you know when it comes to like things like uh reparations and stuff like that you see this race and it's killing biden right now so that's why i don't think he gets out of uh, the primaries and then, it, and then, it, what I'm hoping is that there's some moderation when it comes at a national level. But at the end of the day, you still have groups that are going to vote for groups. So it's going to be who can who could get and excite uh, a certain amount of people that are already going to vote one way to actually get off their butt and go vote. Hillary couldn't do that, and that's probably why Trump won. And Trump may have actually built up enough following that he potentially could win, you know, uh, with with a with a base and also some sort of level of a of a moderate center because of what Rich pointed out, which was, or maybe it was you, Anthony, trying to kind of focus everything on those really hardcore left ideas. Like when he tries to, when he tries to bring shine the light on AOC and Rashida Tlaib and uh, Ilhan Omar and, and that crew, it's, it's like a almost, I don't want to say he's doing 4d chess because a lot of people say that and it's kind of cliche because I don't think he's really thinking that deep, but there's some method to his madness when he he says some really outrageous shit, like when he said, "Go back to your, go back to where you came from," which was largely everyone from going back to the U.S. Um, but there's a method to it because it, it shines a light on that on the squad on the crew, right? And it's it's really obvious that most people in this country do not like that group of people. They do not like them. They don't like their ideas. They think they're they're coming from a bad place in terms of like their policies and what they want for their, for their constituents and stuff like that. Like AOC literally killed thousands of jobs because she had some sort of principle against Amazon. And like, there are people literally that don't have jobs today in her district because of that. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think there's some method to his madness there to shine a light on it. I'm worried that he may have, may have shot himself a little bit in the foot with the, how he went about doing it but his overall strategy makes sense. Put a light on the worst of the party, right? And it's going to build your momentum. And he, he does. I mean, listen, the dude does things that are kind of, kind of morally, I don't know, (laughs) shaky on very shaky moral ground. Let's say, um, like the one thing where he, uh, built a website or, or had, people build a website for Biden that was an official <laughs> Biden website, but it was a, it was a satire site. And like, 
that he was basically saying a bunch of stuff on and posting a bunch of stuff on this website, but posing as Biden. And people thought it was real what? and that Biden was actually saying these things. I mean, it's like evilly genius, yeah. you know what I mean? But but at the same time, it's kind of like, although it, it's genius on one hand, and then on the other side, it's kind of like, well, is that really like fair playing? You know, so I don't know. Like it's it's yeah. it's 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 interesting where it will go. Uh, they, I don't know. I, I don't really even know where I fall at this point. You know, I mean, it's it, they they need they need somebody to run that's actually gonna, you know, be able to I guess market themselves as well as he does. I mean, he's got very calculated marketing moves to get himself to where he wants to get. And you know, I feel like Obama kind of in a different way, in a in a in a much more uh, high character elite way. Did the same thing. He was all about marketing and creating celebrity status to get himself voted. You know, I, I think Trump found a different way. You, you, we don't have anybody of that type of status of either side of like like an Obama or like a Trump coming up into this 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 election cycle. I mean, there's there's nobody. You know, Everybody's kind of just black. You know who we do have, and Rich might like this one. Uh, Weld is running against him. William William Weld. Uh, he ran yeah. on the ticket. Well, uh, libertarian yeah it, so really. he's looking to pro- excuse me i'm drinking too much beer because i'm burping a lot but um yeah he's <laughs> trying to primary trump and you know i mean he he hits a lot of the marks for us here i mean he's uh he's for legalizing marijuana which is not a surprise from a libertarian uh fiscal restraint free trade um uh, pretty moderate and immigration like these are all things that i think all three of us kind of uh value here yeah, but you know, with the divisiveness that's that's been well, that always existed, but that has been like exacerbated over the past three years. Do you really think that a libertarian would be, you know, elected? No, only because uh, the whole thing you just said about the bases, right? Like the the large group of people. There's no libertarian. First off. It's a shame, man. But in a two-party system, this is just that's just how it is. It's the and at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, look, Weld is actually going to if he does primary him, he's going to do it as a Republican, not even as a Libertarian. Right. So um, th- therein lies a problem for him because, I mean, he's, it's a catch 22 for him. He runs as a Republican, then he's not going to win because uh, Trump's an incumbent. Um, if he runs as a libertarian, he's not going to win because he's a third party. And not only that, the closest party that he aligns with would be the Republican Party. So um, he's going to then he's going to have immediate opposition from the Democrat or left. So, you know, it's a. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, if, if he if he really stuck on like the hard like the hard issues in terms of what people are listening to, you know, moderate immigration reform and, and legalizing marijuana and things like that. Like he could get a bunch of people, you know, on his side, but I still, it it doesn't matter how, you know, strong of a, of a candidate he becomes as soon as anybody knows that it's, you know, Trump versus anybody, they're not going to, nobody's going to be looking at a, at a libertarian no. party and ticket. It, it, the libertarian party is like, it's like a pipe dream, man. Like it, it'd be great. It's just never, it's not going to yeah, happen. It's like, though. I would love to have a libertarian president. I would love it. It would be, I, I would, it would be I awesome. Would. Uh, I mean, it would be awesome. The fact of having it, I don't, who knows, you know, maybe it works out well, maybe it doesn't. I would tend to think it would, but it would be great. It'd be like a, you know, a nice little shake up to a certain degree. I mean, 
because these are people like Rand Paul, right? Like these are people that are straight up like, no, we need to stop spending money. Like, and, but they mean it. Like they will vote against things that are not, that are popular, like the nine 11, uh, survivor, uh, first responders thing, like Rand Paul voted against. He got a bunch of crap for that. Oh, I just said he's catching a ton of heat. For yeah. That. He caught a ton of heat, but he, it, his, he, he's doing it not because he's, a, doesn't think they necessarily, um, have earned some sort of right or something. He's doing it because of like a fiscal thing, right? He's, what was, what was the, uh, the turnout? For Gary Johnson voters, oh, like uh, I don't even election. think he got two percent. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So that that's kind of what I'm getting. But Gary at. Johnson like, was a bad libertarian candidate. All right, who who is the greatest independent that we've ever seen in our lifetime? Oh my god, Ross yeah, Ross, Ross Perot. Perot, he right? actually, and what did he have? He 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 went all the way up to I like think 10. He got like nine or ten. Yeah, I think it was ten. Wait, he actually decided elections. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, he decided elections, but he didn't he got, get elected. He, he was the reason why W1 didn't get reelected, I believe. Is that correct, Rich? Uh, I believe so, yeah. He, yeah. It was like Tim Clinton and W1. Yeah. He, uh, he, like, because W1, or not, it's not even W1. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Bush 1. GB, what am I saying? GB1. More, more than one W. Um, Bush 1, uh, like, his presidency was not considered a fail. Like he was, I think he was polling pretty well. And like, I think he, he had a good approval rating and like for all intents and purposes, he should have won a second term, but because of the third party candidate gaining so much uh, support, yeah. he actually decided that election. But my point is that having that much support still gains you less than 10% of the, the voting populace. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, there, there's just no, <laughs> there's no way in our in our system that in a two party like system, that. it's not going to happen, right? It's going to have to be something has to blow something up. And if and, we want to talk about like corruption, collusion, obstruction. I mean, just the fact that a Democrat and a Republican can keep it a two party system as it is, you know, you know, that's all based on, you know. A, how strong voters are behind the scenes, but B, the propaganda that goes along with it that kind of keeps everything, you know, tight as to, hey, we are a two party system. These are your two choices. You know what I mean? It, it, a lot of people other than, you know, a few, a handful of people, maybe including rich, don't even know that that's even an option. You know what I mean? Like some uneducated voters are not going for libertarian. They, they don't know. They're just looking at what's on the big screen, you know, and that that's always going to be a two party system. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have some success, though, with people like Ron Paul. Uh, he got kind of the the libertarian. He was the best the best voice for libertarians, I think, uh, in that, he, you know, when he ran for president, he was well spoken. I think he handled himself well at the debates. Uh, he. Uh, Kind of got the message out as to what like libertarianism is all about because i think when people think libertarianism they think oh it's farther to the right than the republicans they must be like members of the ku klux klan like that's what i the vibe you get from like the average person they just think it's racist and what do you mean the government uh what do you mean the the civil rights act was one of the worst things that ever happened for black people you nuts and it's like well let's look at the facts <laughs> you know um just small government, you know, uh, humble foreign policy, you know, decreased government spending, rein things in, you know, uh, when it gets to like going back to the gold standard, that I can't really debate too much because I'm not that hardcore into economics. Um, but, uh, you know, th there's a lot of good points to it. Uh, 
it's kind of just like letting people leave it. It's like there's a libertarian plot to take over the world so that they everybody gets left alone. That's like <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he was the best spokesperson for the libertarian party. Gary Johnson was a terrible libertarian. Yeah, he was. He was just. He was horrible. Like was I, I don't know. Do you think that age can play a role into the elections coming up? I mean, like Bernie Sanders, when he went last time, he was 74, I guess, or something like that. And I remember people thinking, you know, we're talking about, you know, he's so old, you know, he was, he's such an old candidate and he's going to be like, I don't know. They were, they were talking about him as if he was like 107, you know, well, Biden is I think, 76 age, yeah, or, or a year younger than 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 him. So, I mean, like, you know, I wonder if if age will still be an issue or was it that Bernie Sanders just looked like a crazy old guy? I mean, uh, the, there's the, some young there's some young candidates, I mean, running for Democrat. I mean, so I don't know if that plays a part into it, you know, especially with the millennials coming in and Kamala Harris 54 Castro is 44 Gillibrand uh, 52 Mayor Pete he's a pretty young guy yeah I mean Beto O'Rourke how old is he like 17 (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's about 17 or 18 you know you know interesting fact uh, Buttigieg am I saying that right yeah Buttigieg Buttigieg. he's like god he's raising so he's 37 by the way he's I'm older than him. Dude, um, he looks like he's like 15 years oh, old. Oh, yeah, he, he looks like he could easily be like 50. But he's like out raising everyone in money, but he's like polling at like 3%. <laughs> like, does it make any sense? Yeah. He's- I, don't, I don't know. Like, I think when it comes to the whole Democratic field, I mean, it's just we're in a situation now where it's like it's anyone's game, right? Like, I mean, that's a little bit naive of me to say. It's really any top four name, right? Like, it's it's... Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, um, Elizabeth Warren, and uh, Sanders. That's it. If I if That's I had it. to see if I had to see how this was like forecast how this was going to go, it's going to be Biden Trump, and it's going to be a close election, and Trump's going to pull away with it, <laughs> and it's just going to, and then there's just going to be like fire in the streets. <laughs> yeah, I you. Know, you know, the the thing that's funny is like we talk about potentially getting away from a two-party system. I think at this current time, like, and you actually would have said that, we would have said the opposite if this was like 2009 or 10, right, with the Tea Party. But I think right now, the Democratic Party is the, the party that's poised to potentially break up, right? Like only because when you, if you look at the primaries and you look at how like, like the venom that is spewed at people like the, like Kamala Harris will pull whatever she can out of the bag to get at Biden. Like, like these, these people, man, they're ruthless. They don't give a fuck, man. Like they will say whatever they need to say to rile up that base in that primary and they don't care. So what that could lead to is a critical mass of like, holy crap. Biden might actually like it's it's plausible that he could put a strategy together that says, "Hey, Democrat at writ large, all you Democrats, do you really want people that are pulling like the race card, the sexuality card, whatever intersectional you know group you want to pull? Do we really want this right now? Can we do that? Like, it's plausible that he could put a strategy together that could appeal to people." And if that's the case, you might see like these hardcore social justice group of candidates 
you know, continue to form their own block, like with Ed, the AOC and Ilhan Omar's and stuff. And like, they are continuously going to the left. There's no stopping them. They're going to, they're like a train and they're just barreling on full steam ahead. And then there are core groups of people, car, a core group here that do like, like, look at Yang. He's a very moderate liberal uh, left leaning left leaning liberal and like people like even warren at one point was very conservative right so like there's there's a group here that could potentially like potentially split off and, and form a more moderate uh democratic party and and it's weird to say this but even sanders bernie sanders is actually more moderate relative to aoc and rashida talib and stuff that's crazy. You know, I, I was just reading through some of the uh, the New York Times has that that interactive, you know, the all the showing the, the current 2020 presidential candidates and everybody has like a quote associated with their name. And and if you scroll down, the one guy, all of a sudden you have they're all like very, you know, cookie cutter. You know, there are a lot of challenges that are facing the American people, blah, blah, blah. Right. You, you scroll down and you get to John Delaney from Maryland. I think I'm the right person for the job, but no one knows who I am. (laughs) (laughs) He looks a little clueless. Oh my God. It's incredible. That is incredible. He's like, (laughs) he's what's his face from anchorman. Oh, uh, brick. Yeah. I love, I love, I love, I love that. Oh, right. Believe him. Right below, below him is um, uh, what's her name? Talisi? Is that how you say it? Gabbard. Oh, Tulsi. Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard. Man, I think she's she's pretty. I mean, I I like her whole no war stance. Like uh, that's a libertarian thing. I think we have. Yeah, yeah, but she she's gonna be she's gonna be. I mean, they they would crush her for the anti-gay statements and all that other stuff that from uh, from her past. She she's got a past. She's got no chance. She's never going to get out of the primaries with with that. Yeah, no. I like her and Yang. Out of everybody in the Democratic ticket, her and Yang to me are the most palatable. You know, but- you know what makes me like Yang? The fact that he would actually go on, like he went on uh, Ben Shapiro's uh, podcast. Yeah, like he went on uh, the Rubin report, right? Like none of these other candidates would are even like thinking about that. Like they wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't even entertain it. But he actually thought, well, you know what? Maybe I should try to reach out to this these audiences because I might have some ideas that might appeal to them. Like it's it's, it's a novel thing. <laughs> like, but he, he embraced it. It's weird because, like, it's almost like uh, remember the fair tax that that thing that was uh, that was came around. Yeah, for a while. Oh, yeah. What he's proposing is essentially like the fair tax. He's just calling it universal basic income. Yeah, and the fair yeah. tax had a lot of traction. Well, a pretty decent amount of traction uh, in the Republican Party. I think the universal basic income idea is confusing, though. It depends on uh like there's a few different spins on it. There's the Milton Friedman spin on it, which I like, which is essentially what Yang's saying. Um, the the probably the difference that Yang uh, or that Milton would be uh, would have with with Yang is that Milton saw it as um, uh, like everyone would get it in lieu of other welfare type of policies, right? So 
Um, and it would, wouldn't matter your, anything like your, it doesn't matter about your income. It doesn't matter about your race. None of that matters. It would be just, he called it a freedom. I think it was a freedom tax or a freedom. What was that? Freedom dividend, I think. Yeah, it was a freedom dividend. Yeah. And he said it would be more equitable. It would make sense. And he also talked about the negative income tax in the same uh, concept where, um, like essentially, um, it, it didn't necessarily matter who you were. You just, it, it just, it was, it applied to everyone. There was no discrimination and everyone would get it. There's some really good video where Milton actually sits down and talks about it for like, I think it's a good, like 10 minutes and he breaks it down. It, it kind of makes sense. I get it. Um, pretty much anything Milton Friedman says I tend to like, so I don't mind it. Um, he's probably one of the more brilliant minds when it comes to economics. Um, he's from the Chicago school. Um, so it's it's definitely not that Keynesian approach. Um, he's definitely more what people would call trickle down, but trickle down is just a a, a nasty way of saying capitalism. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's that's got such a red flag on it to young voters nowadays. You know, tr- trickle down has has I, I've never seen a term, you know, yeah, it, it's, it it's contains such bullshit. a stigma to it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a, a way of trying to paint something negative that's not. I mean, capitalism is probably the best thing that has happened to civilization. So um, it's also the, probably the oldest system of uh, an e- economies. And um, it's it's not going anywhere. No, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> I, hate to, I hate to tell everybody. <laughs> what will happen is people will fight it. They'll try to put in other systems. But we'll see. What we've seen time and time again is that those systems will fail. We we all, everybody yeah everybody says it too right. Everybody will say the whole money talks, right? They'll, they'll use that term, money talks. As long as money talks, which it does, capitalism will always reign superior. Yeah, I, I just really think that uh, Yang has some good points because we're a consumption-based economy, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you're essentially priming people to be able to consume more uh, goods. And that's the yeah. idea, right? You want people to buy. So yeah. you, you put more money in people's... And, and funny enough... Bernie Sanders kind of had the similar idea with him talking about canceling all student loan debt. He basically said, look, yeah, not, not that I'm completely for that, but hey, look, a bunch of educated people that are going to get good jobs that are going to be able to put a ton of money back into the economy. Makes sense, and I understand it, but that is right. we'll see. You know, there's only one economic system that has pulled more people out of poverty ever. And that was capitalism. The more economic growth, there's a, it's a direct correlation in any data set you could pull from anywhere. I don't care who collects it. There is an actual P score of one when it comes to correlation with economic growth and poverty dropping in a uh, economy. Just look at it's America. A- yep. So capitalism is the way to go, my friends. You could pretend like it's not. And we'll we'll learn that lesson again for the probably hundredth time now. But capitalism, I, even Bernie Sanders is starting to learn capitalism. Can you believe they, that? And they all they all go by the same thing. Capitalism goes nowhere except for people that watch TV. They need to capitalism. Pretend like there's music playing because it's drowning you guys out. It's so, so loud. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, 
Capitalism is the way to go. This is the end of episode 33 of the podcast without a name. Are we all happy about that? Are we, are we in a good place? Is there anything yeah. we need to air? Maybe get something out there? We're in a good place now. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was, I was late. Oh, no, it's fine. Me and Anthony were just drinking beers, talking. We're like, hey, if Rich shows up, we'll just do this podcast. If he doesn't, we'll just talk for a couple minutes and call it a, call it a night. And then you were like, hey, hey. <laughs> you started yelling you from in your shower. It was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, episode 33 of the podcast without a name. You can find us on Twitter at No Name Podcast or on Facebook at the podcast without a name. Uh, we're on Spreaker, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, everything and anywhere you could find a podcast. You could find us, um, and I could give you Rich's address too. You could go find him at his house if you want later. Um, <laughs> we'll put, <laughs> pin that on the show notes. Yeah, we'll pin it. We'll pin his address on the show notes. Um, but yeah, so episode thirty-three is a wrap. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Please find us and rate us wherever you listen to us and comment and engage and like our Facebook page. It'd be much appreciated. Uh, maybe we'll, we're going to try to do these more often. We've said that a million times. We are still are trying to potentially rebrand and do some changing um, and formatting and stuff like that. So any, ooh, excuse me, any ideas are also appreciated. Um, and if Rich, we don't, have, if we don't do, yeah. uh, have everybody have a happy new year. And, uh, yeah, happy new year and happy, uh, no, no, happy 2021. Yeah. <laughs> but Rich, you're going to get the last word in three, two, one. Uh, indefensible? Indefensible. That's a good one. My head. Did you do something wrong that you thought was indefensible? Are you getting all Freudian with me? Because <laughs> I'm guilty of something? You're guilty as charged. You are guilty as charged. charged. I plead the fifth. One, two, three, four, fifth.